peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The summertime in Bullhead City often reminds us how much weather seems to affect our daily lives. 120 plus degree heat is sweltering. And apart from a bit of free time in the pool or the river, it almost seems as if there will never be any relief from the scorching heat. We hope for lower temperatures, even just for a day or two, to enjoy some of our time off, especially when the kids are out of school or things have slowed. Then we get our wish and the thermometer drops, but it's not all fun and games because these lower temperatures often directly correspond to higher humidity. The monsoons roll in and they drive everything crazy. We can't seem to cool off. The air conditioner just can't keep up. And at times we may even pine for that bone dry 120 degree weather. It's hard to be content when your comfort and your happiness seem to be directly tied to the weather, which is utterly beyond our control. And when the heat subsides in the fall, the wind puts us in another situation on the other end of the spectrum. Many times, we will refer to life as being smooth sailing or rough waters or stormy weather ahead in a metaphorical sense. Weather is often a great metaphor for the ups and downs of life. I'm sure some of our notorious Fishermen, looking at you, Jerry, can attest to that. The hymn, Jesus Savior Pilot Me, was written by Reverend Edward Hooper, that's a fun name, in the 19th century when he was pastor of a city, uh, a New York City church for mariners. While his parishioners often experienced the literal perils of the sea, many Christians have come to love this hymn which speaks metaphorically of Jesus guiding us through life. In the hymn, we call out, Jesus, Savior, pilot me over life's tempestuous sea. Unknown waves before me roll, hiding rock and treacherous shoal. Chart and compass come from thee, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. And these days... When many of us fly more than we sail, Jesus as our pilot might suggest a little different image. And it has its advantages. In the old days, ships often found themselves trapped in the midst of storms that suddenly blew in. Nowhere to go but to ride them out and hope that you stay afloat. When you fly, radar can often enable the pilot to avoid storms altogether, to just fly all the way around them. I suppose we'd like Jesus to be that kind of pilot, wouldn't we? Jesus, just take me all the way around the storm. Do we have to go through it at all? But it doesn't work that way in life, does it? No. Jesus doesn't steer us clear of every storm. In our text for today, the disciples find themselves in a storm, and it comes at the end of a very long day. Jesus had just fed over 5,000 people, 5,000 families, I would argue. These people had pursued Jesus, and the disciples seemed to be running on empty. 
They'd also received word that John the Baptist had been executed in Herod's prison. And rather than being granted time to grieve or even reflect on what happened, the people in need of healing, food, and all sorts of other needs were relentless in their pursuit of Jesus. Even though the preceding story in our text notes that Jesus had compassion on these people, he was still tired and in need of rest and restoration in prayer. And so he sent the crowds and the disciples away. Now you'd think that Jesus, who created wind and rain and sea, who could miraculously feed thousands upon thousands of people, you'd think that Jesus could arrange some smooth sailing for the disciples after a busy day like that. But no, Jesus is busy praying. But apparently he's not praying for fair weather. Just as he doesn't always clear the skies for us, even when we think that we can't take another problem. Even when the news comes that the illness you're facing is more than just a little bug. Or all the sick days are used up and you come down with the flu anyway. Or you have way too much month left at the end of your paycheck. Whether you look forward to a relaxing retirement for years, but instead you end up raising grandchildren. Or when a loved one dies and the family members just can't seem to get along enough to get through it all. One more problem after another keeps piling up. Can't Jesus do something here? Can't he steer us clear of these storms? In reality, Jesus doesn't steer us clear of all storms. How we react to these storms in life can lead us away from Jesus. We may try to deny that storms will come or expect that as Christians we won't experience storms, difficulties. That can't happen to me. I'm a Christian. Doesn't following Jesus mean a life free of problems? But the gospel of Jesus is not a band-aid or a happy pill. Jesus doesn't promise us a life free of suffering. But dear friends in Christ... He promises something even better. He promises to be with us. In fact, he's certain that in this life, we will have problems. In John's gospel account, Jesus declares, In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. The fact that we may try to deny that storms will come isn't fooling anyone, not even ourselves. If we go through life thinking that we are immune to suffering, when we really do suffer and face difficulty, it tends to shatter any hope that we had. We may be so overwhelmed by storms that we just despair and forget that our God is bigger than our problems. In our despair we may begin to think that it's up to us to take care of our storms, or at least it's up to us to ride them out. But that approach leaves us feeling hopeless and defeated. Again, Jesus cries out to us, Take heart, it is I. I 
have overcome the world. Because we never know what's coming, we need to admit our inability to rescue ourselves and to rely on Jesus for help in our unexpected storms. In a culture that so values do-it-yourself and rugged individualism, we can often find it hard to admit that we are truly helpless in many of the situations that we're in. We find it really hard to admit that I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not enough. I find it hard to admit because admitting our inadequacies and our helplessness has become one of the biggest cultural no-nos that we face. We all have to be strong all the time. After all, we're free Americans, right? The U.S. Air Force's 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron is based in Biloxi, Mississippi. The 53rd is known as the Hurricane Hunters. Its mission is to fly right into tropical storms to gauge their power and their movements. No avoiding these storms. There's much to be learned by going through them all the way to the center, what is called the eye of the storm. But just as actual hurricanes have an eye in the middle, E-Y-E, so do the storms in our life. Hurricanes, as you know, have that calm spot at the center around which all of the winds swirl, but on the inside it's completely still and calm. In fact, in a hurricane, the eye of the storm is often the safest place to be at the time. Instead of steering us clear of every storm, Jesus comes to us in the middle of it. He is the eye in the center of the storm. Take heart, it is I, Jesus declares in our gospel text. Jesus was not just identifying himself to the disciples as their teacher, their friend, but identifying himself as their true God, using a reference to God's very own name, I am. The Greek words here are the exact same arrangement as those used in the gospel of John, those places where Jesus declares his divine identity. It's the same words that Jesus speaks in the Garden of Gethsemane when the temple guards claim they are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He responds to them, Ego a me. Literally, I am. A response which physically knocks the temple guards to the ground. This response to the terrified disciples is his invitation to trust him, to call on him for help. And the same goes for us as well. In the midst of our storms, Jesus says, take heart, I am he. Jesus goes with us through these storms as he did when the sky became black as a storm on the day that we call Good Friday. Jesus was the hope the eye in the storm for one of the men crucified with him. Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And death itself 
is the final storm that Jesus has conquered and still. He conquered death and calmed its raging storm by his own death and his resurrection. Therefore, he says to us, fear not, take heart, I am he. We can live without fear because Jesus' death has reconciled us to God. And being reconciled to God means that we are forever his beloved children. That even in Jesus' time of fellowship with his Father, no matter how far away he seemed to be to his disciples, no matter how far away he seems from us, his concern is still for us. That no matter where he seems to be, he is truly with us. Jesus wasn't ignorant of the fact that the storm the disciples were facing and the tough time that they were having making it across to the other side. Neither is Jesus ignorant of the storms that you face in your life. He's still out there on the waves, seeking after us, watching after us day in and day out. And when he steps into our metaphorical boats, he also calms one of the most tumultuous storms of all. The raging fears and anxieties in our hearts. Because Jesus has overcome death and overcome the world, we can proclaim and believe boldly, along with St. Paul, that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how do we react to these storms being calmed? Our first reaction might be astonishment. Maybe we, like the disciples, haven't fully understood the way that God has provided for our needs, just like the way he fed those 5,000-some-odd people. But we can go beyond our hardened hearts to embrace our Savior in the midst of all the storms of life. There's a movie, maybe 10 years back, called The Guardian, starring Kevin Costner, and Ashton Kutcher as elite Coast Guard rescue swimmers. They rescue people from the sea in the most dangerous of circumstances. The movie ends, spoiler alert, by saying and conveying the legend of the Guardian. The legend that some people who are rescued from dire circumstances later tell of a mysterious someone, a guardian who kept them from drowning. The tale of a Christian's rescue from death and life storms is no legend of a mysterious shadowy figure, but it is the very true story of a real Savior who came into the midst of life storms to rescue us from all of them. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you please rise we confess our Christian faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty.